Hallelujah. We give joy to God on this Easter Sunday. Welcome again. So glad that you're with us. I was um, thinking this week about a, a word, a word that, that for me would describe Easter for me this year. And listen, I, you know, it could be any word. And if you know me, you know my mind is kind of simple at times. And, and I was kind of breaking it down, and, and it was not some theological term. But what's one word that for me personally is a word that's on my heart that would sum up Easter morning for me? You know what it is? It's puppies. I mean, think about that. When you, when you think of the word puppies, doesn't it just like, you know, ooze your heart over and just get you excited? I, uh, there's a story of a, of a little boy. His name was Barry, little Barry. Um, I know little Barry. Little Barry's a good little boy. And um, little Barry was promised a puppy on his 10th birthday. And so his mom took him down to the pet store and little Barry was looking at all these little puppies that were running around in the, in the pet store and, and he just couldn't make up his mind as to which puppy that he wanted. In fact, um, it was becoming a little overwhelming and Barry just couldn't decide and then all of a sudden, one little shaggy, indescript little puppy comes up to him and, and just stands right before little Barry and little puppy just starts wagging his tail really hard and the man at the pet store said, well, Barry... What's it going to be? Which puppy are you going to take? And little Barry said enthusiastically, I want the little puppy who has the happy ending. Now that's what Easter is, isn't it? Easter is, is not just a happy ending. It's actually a, a glorious beginning. It's, it's huge in the life of every person created by God. You know, I never, I never tire listening to the Easter stories. And, and Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all four Gospels speak of the Easter story. Paul, the great apostle, um, also writes about uh, things about Easter. But I want to take us to Matthew's Gospel today. You know, we've been in this series, um, uh, Encounter, and, and we've been using Matthew's Gospel as the foundation. So let's go over to uh, chapter 28. So will you join me? It says, After the Sabbath... As the first light of the new week dawned, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to keep vigil at the tomb. And suddenly the earth reeled and rocked their feet as God's angel came down from heaven, came upon where they were standing. And he rolled back the stone and then he sat on it. And shafts of white lightning uh, blazed from him and his garments shimmered snow white. The guards at the tomb were scared to death, and they were so frightened that they could not move. And the angel spoke to the women. There's nothing to fear here, he said. I know that you're looking for Jesus, the one that they nailed to the cross. He is not here. He has been raised just as he said. Come, look at the place where he was placed. And now, get on your way, the angel said, quickly, and go and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. He is going ahead of you to Galilee, and that you will see him there. And that's the message. And the women, deep in wonder and, and full of joy, lost no time in leaving the tomb. They ran to tell the disciples. And then Jesus met them, stepping, stopping them along their tracks. And listen to what Jesus says. Good morning. I mean, how personal is that? Good morning. You know, they fell to his feet and they embraced him uh, and they worshiped him. And Jesus said, you're holding on to me for dear life. Don't be frightened like that. And go and tell my brothers that they are to go to Galilee and that I will meet them there. You know, Matthew 28, verses 1 through 10. I was reading from the message translation. You know, I've been, um, I've been sharing Easter sermons uh, for over 25 years now. 
um, as a pastor. And, and, and every time I share the story of Easter, I'm always thinking about the empty tomb, the empty tomb. The empty tomb is important, isn't it? It's, it's, it's kind of a, it's a crux of what we believe. But you know, this Easter, I really felt like God was pressing me, and I want to press you to go deeper into the story. I want you to go deeper into what Easter really means, and I want you to look for something, find something, see something that you've never seen or experienced before in the story in which I just read. Or whether you go to Mark's gospel or Luke or John, I want you to see what it is that I'm trying to get at today. You see, Easter is, is more than the empty tomb. Now, listen, don't, don't like throw tomatoes at your, at your TV or your computer right now. The, the tomb, the empty tomb is important. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But you know, the, the Easter was not built upon um, eyewitnesses only. You know, there, there, there weren't any eyewitnesses that saw Jesus walk out of the tomb. The scripture doesn't say, and these five people witnessed Jesus walking out of the tomb. So Easter is not built upon eyewitnesses, but what it's built upon, Easter is built upon appearances. It's built upon appearances. It's built upon the appearances of Jesus coming into the the presence of many others. And because they see him, they know that he has been resurrected, as he said. Let's look at a couple of these. You know, Jesus appears to the women. All the gospels talk about how Jesus appears to the women. Jesus appears to the disciples on the road to Emmaus. And, and they don't recognize him at first, but, but then all of a sudden as they're talking with Jesus and he's asking them questions, he says something that just sparks a memory. He talks about breaking bread and drinking from a cup. And they know and they come and they worship the Lord. Jesus enters into a locked room. It's, it's, a, it's a room that's been fortified. The disciples are hiding. They're in fear. They're cowering after the resurrection. They don't want to be caught. They don't want to be killed. And Jesus walks through the wall. He walks through a locked door. And he stands before Thomas, who, who doubts that Jesus is really there. And he stands before his other apostles, and he comforts them, and he ministers to them. Jesus, he appears to Peter, um, on, on, the, on the Sea of Galilee, and he fixes him breakfast as he begins that story of restoration. He says to the crowds later on in Matthew 28, he has them gathered there just before he goes to heaven, and he says, I, I have a proclamation, I have a word, I have something that I need to say to you that is of great importance. I want you to go into the world, he says. Don't just go into your neighborhoods, don't just go into your schools, don't just go into your workplaces, go into the world and make disciples of all people. Tell them, tell them who I am. Baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And tell them about me. Tell them what I have commanded you. And let them become my disciples. We, we look at the letters of the great apostle Paul. Once the greatest enemy against Jesus became his greatest ally. And Paul says that that Jesus appeared to more than 500 people after the resurrection. So it's it's not the tomb, it's the appearances that make the resurrection truthful and real for us today. You know, appearances. How has how has the Lord appeared to you recently? You know, I think we're kind of all in that awkward state where where we're wondering. how will God appear to me today? And I hope that, that, that God makes Easter real for you today. I want to share with you an image, and, and you see it now. And, and, and uh, the, the great cathedral of Notre Dame was, was almost burned to the ground, a, a horrible travesty. 
and you can see in the picture the, the area of the holy space of the altar area, the rubble, the smoke, the destruction, the water damage. But look closely. You know what you see? What do you see? You see the cross on the altar table. It almost is adorned. It's, it's still beautiful. It's almost as if it hasn't been touched. Jesus appeared in the midst of devastation and destruction that day, and he continues to appear today. So, so why are these appearances the real miracle of Jesus? Because when Jesus appeared to all of these people that he saw, he showed them that what he said was to be true. He showed them that he was the Messiah. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He showed them and demonstrated that through his death on the cross, that he would save humanity of their sins. He began to prove to them that because of his life, because of his death, because of his resurrection, that something real would, recur, would occur, that humanity would once again attach to humanity, brother to brother, sister to sister, sister to brother, that we would be attached, but we'd also be reattached to God, and that God would fill the gap that's in our life. The stone was rolled away, not so that Jesus could get out, the stone was rolled away so the women could see in because they, like we, sometimes were just overwhelmed by what's going on around us, that the miracle is lost. But I want to encourage you to see the miracle today. It is the empty tomb, but it is the appearances that rekindle the hope of the women and the disciples of Jesus and the disciples of us, we who are today. There's one other thing that, that Jesus says in this passage, and, and, and I tell you what, I'm scratching my head. Um, I, I'm not really sure why this was so important. And, and you know what? Next week, Pastor Pam, when she, when she preaches, she's going to have a sermon that's entitled, Meet Me in Galilee. And we're going to find out why Galilee was so important. But, you know, Jesus says, tell my brothers to meet me in Galilee. Now, Galilee, I mean, folks, it was the armpit of the Mideast. And, and, and it was not, it was a forsaken place. It was forlorn. It was, it was not the travel ad, uh, advisor destination that, that you'd want to, or the trip advisor destination you'd want to go to. It's not on your bucket list per se. But yet Jesus said, go and tell my disciples to meet me there. You know, I was thinking about <clears throat> of all the places that Jesus could have told his disciples to meet him, you know, the thoughts that come to my mind are, are things like, you know, why didn't Jesus say, you know, meet me at the door of Pontius Pilate's palace? And there, when we're at the door, I'm going to rap on it. And when Pilate answers that door, I'm going to wag my finger in his face and say, see, I told you, I am who I said I was. But Jesus didn't do that, did he? In fact, I, you know, so there's that other side of me that says, why didn't he say, hey, let's just meet at Caesar's palace? not the one in Vegas, but, but let's meet at Caesar's palace and, and, and you know, walk up those steps. And then when Caesar would come out, <clears throat> what if Jesus would have looked at Caesar and just said, listen, your Roman garrisons and your Roman armies and your Roman civilization cannot stop my revolution. But he didn't. He didn't say that at all either, did he? You see, for, for, for many, the, the miracle of Easter is, is, is the proof of the empty tomb. But I'm pushing us this morning. I want us to see that it's beyond that. I want us to see that, that after Jesus' resurrection and the tomb was found empty, that it did not end there. It wasn't, that's the end of the story. Close it up, we're done. In fact, what we see is Jesus appeared to hundreds of persons after the resurrection. 
United Methodist Bishop Will Willimon, he puts it this way. He says, God is not just Lord of life. He's Lord of love moving to me. The bigger picture isn't just that Jesus rose from the dead. The bigger truth of Easter is Jesus came back for all of us. So Jesus returned. And that's the beauty. Easter isn't just some historical event that we read about in our books like a world war or the death of of a world leader or something that happens that changes society, that it happens in history and it's encapsulated there. Easter doesn't just happen once. Easter happens every day. In fact, today, I, I really believe Easter is, is happening in a grander way all across our world because of the situations that we find ourselves in. And God continues to say that not only did I raise Jesus then, but I continue to raise Jesus now. I didn't just re- raise Jesus in the past. I'm raising Jesus every day. And God invites us to be a part of that. Jesus keeps showing up. And he keeps showing up in ways that brings life to what we see. And that's why I believe you're here right now. I mean, can we honestly say that any of us ever thought that in April of 2020 that we, that we wouldn't be sitting in a church building, that we wouldn't be in some kind of warehouse made into a worship space or, or a cathedral or, or in a sanctuary? Did any of us believe that we would be worshiping virtually? I mean, l- listen closely, you know, we miss you guys. I can't say this enough. We miss you. And, and, you know, Patty told me this week, that's my wife, she said, Bob, at least you get to see some folks on Sunday. And let me tell you, we, we are practicing what the CDC tells us. We, we do not have a building full of people. At this service right now, we have seven people in a building that can seat almost 800 individuals. And we are social distanced from each other. Why? Because it's so important that we continue to be the church that in this crazy time. So why is this important? Because you are watching virtually. You are singing songs virtually. You are giving hugs and high fives to, to your loved ones. You continue to send comments um, as you're watching and, and worshiping with us, with those that are a part of your church family. And we are the church. And the important thing is, why are we doing this? Because Jesus came back for us. Jesus came back for us. You know, too often I I think we get it wrong. I I think we put too much of an emphasis on ourselves and we de-emphasize God. You know, we make statements like, I accepted Christ in my life on this date, or I was born again on such and such a date, or or, I am a Jesus person, or or, all these things that we say, or, or when I learned of God, or when I grew of God, or whatever. You see, we're putting ourselves as the person of importance. That's not what the scriptures say. That's not what the scriptures talk about. That's not what the scriptures command. You don't take the risen Jesus anywhere. The risen Jesus comes to you. You don't make the Lord do anything. He, you don't decide for Christ. We learned at Easter that God decided for us. And that's why Jesus went to the cross, because he made the decision for you. He made the decision for your life. He made the decision to forgive you of your sins. And he said, because of me, And what my love is for you, I've decided, therefore you shall be saved. You see, the the God who raised Jesus from the dead refuses to be God without you. He refuses to be God without me. Christ keeps coming to those who have no way of getting to him because Jesus meets all of us where we are. 
You know, the women arrived uh, this morning in this story. They arrived forlorn. They, they arrived dreading the truth that Jesus, whom they believed to be Lord and Messiah, was dead. Their hopes and their dreams, everything that they had placed in Jesus was now gone. Tears could, could not fill the voids that placed in their hearts. And they struggled. Oh, did they struggle. They struggled with what was there. You know, some of us are struggling, aren't we? I, I, listen, I have my bad days. We were talking before worship this morning, and I said, is it just me, or, or do other people, you know, kind of wake up and, and just as a reality checking, we're struggling a little bit. We all struggle, folks, and thanks to God that God is bigger than any struggle that we have. Amen? Amen? Amen. And we see the importance of that. So let me ask you this morning, what's the Easter miracle that you seek today? What is it that you want to see this Easter Sunday? You know, many of us, we, we might be thinking we want to see an end to this COVID-19 coronavirus. And that's what's really kind of um, uh, uh, shaken all of us in some respect because life just isn't normal. The women felt that everything was lost those days prior to Easter, didn't they? But yet they came to the tomb and Jesus appeared. With Jesus, there's always hope. You know, um, I, I jokingly talk about this in my Wednesday at One program a lot, but, um, you know, uh, I think my dog is at a point where, where it's just saying, like, would you just please go back to work? Go back to the church and work? Because I, I don't want all these walks. I, I want my naps. You're disturbing my life. But, you know, um, God, God has just done some miraculous things when I can have that chance to get out of the house, and I know God is doing that for you. And the other day, I was walking down, I was walking Piper, my little dog, and, and, and I was walking down the sidewalks of, of one of our um, streets in our neighborhood, and, and look, look how I know that everything's going to be okay. Look at this image. Can you see it? You see, that was written by a child, and the image says, basically, Happy Easter. Don't lose hope. And folks, we can't ever lose hope. You know, the empty tomb brings hope, but the fact that Jesus appeared to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of individuals then and continues to appear to us today gives us the hope of what resurrection is. Listen, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't take this opportunity today. And, and my heart is telling me uh, that we need to do this. So I, I want to just encourage you. Some of you who are watching today, maybe Christianity is brand new to you. Uh, maybe you don't know what it means to have a relationship in Jesus the Christ. Maybe you've just been kind of like running life in your own strength. And there was a point in my life when, when I was running it in my own strength. And let me tell you what, I thought I was on top of the world, but when something would come that would just rattle my core, I didn't know how to get up. I didn't know how to get out of that. And then when, when I knew that Jesus was in my life, that all changed. So I want to give you an invitation today. If you're someone who, who's just tired of doing life on your own, if you're someone who feels like right now I've been just using too much of my strength, I'm a believer, but I've just been using too much of my strength and I need more of Jesus. If you're somebody who's never had a relationship with Jesus, I want to encourage you to take this moment and to say a prayer. You see, none of us are strong enough to save ourselves from our sin. None of us, no matter how talented we are, no matter how much money we might have or what giftedness we have, none of us can meet that mark, but Jesus did, and he does every day.
And I want to encourage you at this moment that if you want more Jesus in your life, if you want to invite him in your life for the first time, if you want to feel the real presence of your Savior, I want to invite you to bow your head at this moment. If you don't want to pray this prayer, I get it, I understand. But for those of you that do, will you pray with me? Let's just bow our heads and, and, and let's pray this prayer together. Lord Jesus, I know that I'm not perfect. In fact, I make wrong decisions in my life that cause me to harm myself or others. I no longer want to do that. I want a new life in you. Today I want to believe in the miracle of Easter and to acknowledge that you love me and that you have my best interests at heart. I give my life to you. I repent of my sin and seek a new life through you. In Jesus' name, I pray, amen. You know, I, I believe if you just prayed that prayer, I believe that you were born again. I believe that you were a part of the community of love and life in Jesus Christ. If you don't have a church home, let me invite you to, to maybe consider making St. Paul your church home. If you're somebody who wants to, when all this clears, that, that you want to physically walk into a building, if you don't live near us and you prefer to walk into a building, then find a local church, Bible teaching church that's close to you and learn to love God in a greater way. But if you want to remain connected with us, send us an email, uh, respond to us now uh, with a comment so that we can reach out to you and that we can pray for you. You see, the miracle of Easter is this. Jesus came back for you and for me. Praise be to God in Jesus' name, amen.